Yo, listeners, welcome to Tetsuo Tells a Story. I'm Tetsuo. I'm sorry I haven't uploaded videos in a while. Life has been very hectic, and I feel the need to talk about something. I felt very discouraged when somebody trolled my channel. Um, they told me to go kill myself and to stop my channel because I suck, which I know I'm not the best, right? Yeah, folks like Mr. Nightmare Unit 522, um, or a deep voice like Corpse's Husband, or a sultry voice like Tales of the Abyss 87. By the way, check out Tales, he's awesome. I see myself as a good friend or an uncle of yours that always has scary stories to tell you during Halloween, late at night, on a campsite. And when I tell my stories, I sort of imagine being surrounded by good friends near that campfire just waiting to be frightened by a good story. And what saddens me is that we're so hypercritical of people when they first start off and that we expect perfection right from the get-go. And trust me, there is no one more critical than I am on myself. And... To be honest, I was very discouraged by this troll's words, but reading all the positive comments that you all left for me really gave me the motivation to push forward. <laughs> and especially when you commented how scared you got on the episodes, that put a smile on my face. So please, enjoy this episode titled, True Scary Stories and a Little More. Let us... Begin. <laughs> Story 1 When I was around 12 years old, a friend of mine, Steve, started dabbling in magic. We both lived in separate small towns in southern Oregon. He lived in the city and I lived in a more rural area. Our towns were roughly about 15 minutes apart, and that's very important. What was more important is that the only contact that we had in five years were phone calls. It was a summer night, and my parents were out at a bar and didn't expect to be home until 5 in the morning. At this point, I was running off from around 2 hours of sleep per night since there were already unrelated things happening in the house. For years I blamed this on some weird nightmare, but I know in my heart that I was not asleep. And here is how it went. Early in the night, sometime past 12, I started hearing loud sobbing of a young girl from what sounded like right outside the street. So all I could do was turn up the TV and pretended like I didn't hear anything. It was almost an hour before I stopped hearing the sobs. It was three when I decided that I should probably sleep. I had just entered my room and that's when I started to hear a soft knock on the wall behind me. The door and every single window was locked, so I was mortified. I turned around and, oh, you guessed it, my friend was there. I remember to this day, almost five years later, what he looked like. 
green shirt, khakis, hair tied up, an intense scar on his right hand. Most of all was his eyes. Steve, in reality, had these really beautiful eyes. So I did this thing, but something was wrong. Whenever I looked into his eyes, something in my gut pulled and twisted. And his pupils didn't seem to end. It made him look very hollow. However, I ignored all of that. I was seeing my best friend for the first time in five years, and nothing else mattered. As soon as he got my attention, he started screaming and crying. He wouldn't stop and he would jerk away whenever I tried to touch him. His voice was exactly the same. Please, please help. I need you to help me right now. He was begging and I was so concerned that I didn't ask any questions. He led me outside and I followed. I was nearly halfway down the street before I got this sickening, cold feeling all over me. I instantly felt like I was about to throw up. I stopped cold in my tracks and I threw up just about four to five feet ahead of me. When he turned around, his voice was much deeper and husky and you can tell that he was angry. What are you doing? I said I needed your help. Why aren't you coming? I started backing away and he kept asking me the same questions, getting louder and louder and more aggressive, but he never moved from that very spot. The farther away I got, the louder I could hear him. It became painful to the point of tears. When he started screaming in this almost animalistic screech, I ran back to my house and started pacing around the living room until my parents came home five in the morning. I never told him, but the next morning, I called Steve. He told me that he had a pretty wicked nightmare and that all he saw was blackness, but he could hear his screams of pain. He also confirmed what he was wearing the previous day and was very similar to the one that I described. The only difference was that he had on his green shirt that had a graphic Yoshi on it. He also told me that three days prior, he cut his hand helping his family with dinner, and it's still bandaged up. I've never had whatever that was bothering me again, but I still think of its eyes, and I still think of its screams. I don't know what it was, or what could have happened if I have went with it, but all I know is that whatever it is, it was managed to bridge the gap between my friend and I, effectively prodding at one weak point to get me out of the house. Story two. When I was younger, around nine years old, I think, there was a time where I lived with my grandma for at least several months. She had an old and small house that for some reason had a huge basement. It always seemed bigger than the house on top. Anyways, the house made a lot of creaking sounds. One night, I woke up sometime in the early morning and started hearing footsteps. I thought it was my little brother, so... I got out of bed. For some reason, when I stood up, 
I thought he made his way down to the basement. I had no idea why I was so brave. Maybe my half-asleep self is just filled with courage. So I went down to the basement, which is normally loud because there's a washing machine there and there's a really old water heater, but I just remember it being really, really cold, like the middle of winter cold, and it was absolutely silent in there. It was then that I began to feel more awake and I became more afraid. And right when I was at the bottom of the stairs, I heard a high-pitched giggle, like it was from a little kid, right next to my ear. I yelled, ah! and I fell down trying to escape. And then I heard the basement door slam. I kept yelling and yelling, screaming and screaming, until my grandma came to fetch me a couple minutes later in the basement. She told me that I was having a nightmare. This, this is still the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. And now, I hate basements. Story 3 Several years ago, my younger cousin, my sister and I, were hanging out at my house in the countryside. My parents were out for one reason or another, and we were totally alone. It was growing dark outside, and we had eaten pizza for dinner. We also watched a movie or two, and we were getting pretty bored. My sister just goofing off said that, we should play with a Ouija board. But since we didn't actually have one, we made it out of the empty pizza box. So yeah, you can say we were being stupid. And at the time, nobody was taking it seriously. So we brought our quote, Ouija board, unquote, into the living room. And we sat in a circle in front of the fireplace. And we used a glass in place of the planchette. With the lights turned dim and darkness growing outside, my sister started asking it some questions. She said, Is there anyone with us? We waited for a minute. Even though nothing was happening, I could feel a weird sort of tension in the air, and it felt uneasy. She repeated the question a second time, and then the glass slipped over to yes my sister then asked something along the lines of what is your name the glass slid over several different letters mostly spelling gibberish but then it moved over to the letters j o s e p h joseph she then asked him how did you die this Joseph spelled out W-A-T-E-R, water. My sister then asked, where did you die? He then said, yes, and then moved to H-E-R-E, -E, here. When we started this whole thing, I thought she was just BSing me and my cousin. 
but now my sister looked genuinely freaked out. For some reason, I can't really comprehend. She asked if Joseph liked any of us. And that's when Joseph spelled out the first six letters of my name. And then spewed off in a violently fast succession of random numbers and letters. And we are all beyond mortified at this point. I said, we should probably close the conversation now and get rid of the board. That's when my sister said, we're leaving now. Goodbye. And the glass moved to no. I said we're leaving now. Goodbye. Again, the glass moved to no. This went on for a short while, but eventually Joseph stopped responding. All three of us were quite disturbed and my sister, knowing that we would get in trouble if our parents found our quote Ouija board, burned it in the fireplace. Feeling unsettled, we decided to play hide and seek with her 10 year old cousin. I still thought it would be a bad idea right after what we just experienced, but my cousin and sister insisted on playing it. So we did. They had me count until they ran off to hide. It's also worth mentioning that we had almost all the lights in the house turned on at this point. So anyways, I looked around without much luck in finding them until I remember my sister's room. It's in the opposite end of the house, quite a ways from the other bedrooms. So I thought someone might be hiding back there. When I entered, her room was dark. The first thought that came to my mind was that both my cousin and my sisters were hiding back there, waiting for a chance to jump out and scare me. But I looked under her bed behind the door and they were nowhere in her room. To get this next part, you must understand something a little unique about her bathroom. Instead of having a normal closet, there's an empty space behind her bathroom door where my parents sort of created a closet for her. When you open the door at the right angle, you can see back into that dark space. So I figured someone must be hiding behind the shower curtain in her bathroom. So I opened the door and I froze. Staring at me from the other side of the door, just perfectly enough to where I could see the space between the door and the wall, was a bone white face, perfectly smooth, two large dark sockets where the eyes should be. I stared at it in silence and it stared back at me, moving slowly side to side as if it was swaying. I didn't scream. This went on for probably five seconds. As soon as I realized what was happening, I slowly closed the door back and I walked out of her room. My sister and my cousin were coming from the other side of the house, wondering what was taking so long to find them. To this day, I still don't know what was looking at me from the other side of my sister's bathroom door. I still think it might have been this Joseph, but the brief sight of him, as well as the eerie cold feeling he brought, will remain with me forever. Story 4 When I was about 15, 
I'm 18 now. I took a trip with my dad from Texas to Michigan to visit my aunt, uncle, and my two cousins. The night after we got there, my uncle took my dad to a basketball game. So I was at my family's house, just with me, my aunt, and my two little cousins. At around 9 at night, I went into the garage to grab the rest of my bags from my aunt's van. I grabbed my stuff, and right before I was gonna step on the first step leading into the house from the garage, I heard a knocking on the garage window. I turned and I noticed that it was my dad wearing sunglasses at night. Dad, I said, what are you doing? Where's Uncle Tony? The next part will forever be buried in my memory. He didn't say anything. All he did was put on a large smile on his face. And then he started pointing to something behind me. I turned and I looked behind me to notice that he was pointing to the garage door button. Oh, you want me to open the garage door? My dad nodded, still pointing. Right before I was about to press the button, my fingers lingering away inches from the glowing yellow button. I got this weird feeling in my stomach, a mix of butterflies and fear. Something was telling me not to open that door. Don't press that button, Andy. Don't. That's what I heard going through my head. So I went with my gut and I didn't open the door. I turned and I looked at my still smiling dad. No dad, I'm not gonna open this garage door. And as soon as I said that, he slammed his fist across the window. And the facial expression of my dad changed. I can't even explain how he looked. Even behind the sunglasses, I could feel the anger and the hatred. My dad stopped smiling and he dropped his hands. Still staring at me, he picked up his hand this time. I remember seeing really long nails and his hands had a great tint to them. Staring at him, frozen in place, I watched him drag his long nails across the window making a loud nails on a chalkboard sound. I ran straight into the house and into the living room where my aunt and my two cousins were sitting watching Finding Nemo. I sat on the couch staring at my feet and I remember my aunt looking at me with a pit of panic asking if I was okay and why I look so white. And I just remember asking her to pray with me. And so she prayed with me and stayed up until my dad got home. That night when they got back, I calmed down enough to explain to all of them as to what happened. And the next day when we went out to look at the garage door, you could still see the three scratch marks going across the window. I've even recently called my aunt to wish her a happy birthday about a week ago. And I happened to ask if the scratch marks were still there. And she said they were.
when I got back to Texas, I decided to do a little research. I read that some demons aren't strong enough to completely change parts of their body, mostly their voices and their eyes. So hence why this dad never spoke and why he wore sunglasses. Thanks everyone for making it to the end of this episode. Let me know if you have a specific type of story you want to listen to. If you enjoyed this story, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to Tetsuo Tells a Story. Do you have a story to tell? Let me know and I can read it to the world. See you in the next episode. Thanks.